That's really the biggest thing. I think it's just like I would do 80% networking and 20% content consumption. And if you have to miss a couple talks, I mean, I think that's fine. Welcome to Conversations with Connors. I'm your host, Adam Connors. My next guest is Tyler Wagner, author, entrepreneur, and founder of Authors Unite and Wags Media. To say Tyler has some chutzpah would be an understatement. This cat has his own podcast where in less than a year has already interviewed over 700 entrepreneurs. How's about them apples? The guy has a positive disposition, a chill way about him, and great energy. Not to mention he's a fun guy to spend some time with, and I was honored that he came in from Florida to spend the day with me. Simply put, he's just good people. Having him on the show was a lot of fun. We got to discuss a variety of topics to include but not limited to how he built such an influential network, what he does to maintain his relationships, the importance of follow-up, what most authors have the biggest trouble with while writing their books. We also had the opportunity to discuss his podcast, The Business Blast Podcast, and how he's accomplished the major feat of interviewing so many people. At the rate he's going, it will probably be over a thousand people by the time this airs. Also, our interview wouldn't have been complete if we didn't talk about his story and how he dropped out of college at 21 to intern under Jason Gaynard, founder of Mastermind Talks. Not only was Tyler a good interview, but also a good sport, as he was my first interview in the new studio, which was having some air conditioning issues on that very hot and humid day. However, he took it in stride and rolled with the punches. So, without further ado, let me take you to my conversation with Tyler Wagner. We have a lot to talk about, yeah. uh, a lot of things in common. I love what you're doing. I love your disposition. Amazing how many people you've spoken with already and businesses that you've helped build. Yeah. If you don't mind, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, what you do, and about your podcast, and then I'll start we'll Definitely, start yeah. digging into some questions. So yeah, I think it, it really starts for me. I was going to school. Uh, my major was accounting, and I absolutely hated it. But I did it because I was told that like that's the highest salary out of uh, college. So I was doing that, and then I read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Changed my life, and I literally dropped out of school weeks later. So then I dropped out, and then I met this guy, Jason Gaynard, because I actually got retargeted with a Facebook ad because Tim Ferriss was his keynote speaker at his first event. <laughs> so I clicked Tim Ferriss's face on a Facebook ad, reached out to Jason, and was like, hey, I'm a broke dropout that wants to be an entrepreneur. Can I help out with your event in exchange for letting me come to it for free? And he actually, we hopped on Skype literally the next day. And he's like, yes. Like we talked for a little bit. And then he was like, yes. And then what year was this? This was 2012, six years ago. I met with him and then I ended up writing a book because I learned so much about networking from him uh, called Conference Crushing. That brings us kind of to today. And then my business that's on my uh, shirt, Authors Unite. Give give it a nice shot. Look at that. There it is. <laughs> but like writing a book, because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to run my own thing. I didn't want to like wear a suit and tie every day and be told what to do. That's like my mindset on that. But after I wrote the book, it like gave me the confidence. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm a like author now, like legitimately. And I'm at like 21 years old at that time. So then it gave me the confidence to go speak at events. I've been running Authors Unite where we help people publish and market books for about five years now. 
And, and what types of books? Nonfiction and personal development. And then I think as far as like me, right, like Authors Unite's my business and then the Business Blast is like my podcast where I've interviewed almost 700 people now. And like what really That's inspires it? Just 700 me, people? Yeah, just 700. And it's only been for like five months, six months maybe. To put that into perspective, <laughs> yeah. so I've it's been ridiculous. doing, you know, this podcast is still yeah. in its infancy and I've been pretty aggressive. At least I feel like I've been pretty aggressive and I've done 51, 52. Yeah. So the fact that... You know, mine are 10 minutes though, just to clarify, but still, but yeah, I know it is a ridiculous amount and, and like the whole premise of it too. And I think it's somewhat premise of this show too, is like adding a ton of value to the audience and having as much fun as possible. And it's like, I, it kind of naturally happened. Like that's why I dropped out too, is I didn't understand why people didn't like their work. That was very confusing to me. Like, why would you work at a job you don't like to then use that money for things that you do like? I wanted to have fun the whole time. So that's kind of what the Business Blast kind of brand is about. Like, this is fun and valuable. Mm. I want people to enjoy their work. Do you always have this much energy, this much positive energy, this much enthusiasm? I, for I normally what you're do. do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's fantastic. Yeah. What are you noticing with some of the authors that you've worked with, with some, whether it's the self-help, personal development, nonfiction, do you see a common theme amongst some of these people? Yeah. So a lot of them, like their book is like a value to the world, but then it's also a tool for their business. And this is something that like a book's very hard for people, right? So like they have all this value and it's all up in their head and they don't know how to organize it into a book. So that's where we come in and help them do that. And then they use the book to like help people on a one-on-one or like a group coaching basis. So a lot of these people are speakers, coaches, consultants, or just entrepreneurs where they know a book will help their brand and they don't even have time to write it so we can ghostwrite it. So I'd say a common theme though is they're not like, they're doing their own thing. That's definitely a common theme. Yeah, true. And you've met in your tenure your short tenure, I should say, a significant amount of people, a significant amount of influential people. How are these people coming into your network? Well, so the podcast is definitely helping that because now, so everybody I interview, I ask for three referrals to come on the show as well. So now it just snowballs. Like I just watch my calendar get filled up every week. So that's one way. But how I really started, it it did start with that conference. So I would reach out to a lot of entrepreneurs and just ask, like, how can I provide value to you? And sometimes I'd get no response. But I think it, it comes down to like a numbers game eventually. Like if you reach out to a thousand people, you're bound to get at least like one response. So that's how I've always thought about this. Like people are, I've heard stories where people reached out to like Mark Cuban and just by chance, he just like maybe happened to be there and, or it got through his assistant or something. And like he responded and it like worked out. So you just, you gotta just keep reaching out and eventually a response will come. Mm-hmm. What about some of the relationships? Like, let's just talk about Jason for a minute. Yeah. And, and if you don't mind, for those who don't know who he is, can you yeah, give yeah. a quick synopsis about? For who- sure. So yeah, Jason runs, he's actually changed the name of his company now to Community Made, I believe. But it started out at Mastermind Talks and what he does is a yearly event. And then he also has like quarterly kind of uh, smaller, like 10 to 12 people or something like Mastermind events. And they're like experiential networking and also like, business like a think tank almost yeah that's what he does yeah interesting and what are some of the principles or some of the key principles that you've taken away from working with him and having the opportunity to work under his yeah yeah 
So one thing I realized, and that's why at some point I'd love to talk about like more about like conferences and stuff. But um, like what I realized with him is like, it is a lot of work to put on an event, even for just like 10 people, like these experiential things, but they're transformative if they're done correctly. And I've never seen someone just like map out like a four day event to a T like on the minute, like this is lunch. This is a breakout group. Now we're going to race cars. Now we're going to come back, watch a show. And it is just like, by the end of the four days, these people are like, they've made true connections. So, okay. That leads to the most perfect point is that he creates a setting for people to actually truly connect. Whereas if you think about some of these like other conferences, sometimes like it's all about the content. So you'll just go there and sit and then you leave and maybe you met a couple people and you have a few business cards, but this is something where you know everybody in that room and you like stay in contact with them. So if you can create an environment where like all the people want to follow up with each other, that travels and expands and adds a lot of value. Does he do anything to facilitate the continued communication amongst people? Oh yeah. So I remember after his first event, and I don't know like what his full like kind of plan was, sure. but I do know after his first event, like he sent like a gift to everybody, and then he sent a book to everybody, and then I believe he did like thank you videos to everybody that came, and they kind of like leaked out like over like maybe a few weeks after the event, then two months after the event. So I'm sure it was somewhat organized in a way, mm-hmm. but like it really came from his heart. So I think. The follow-up is the key. I think a lot of people mess that up. Hey, I just wrote an article that we published on. Yeah. You know, on that. That's funny that very few people do it. So talk to me about, so you yeah. build great relationships with him. Tell me some of the other people that, or it doesn't have to be any people in particular, but yeah. what is it that you do to maintain the relationships that you have? Well, what I'll do, so I have a CRM and basically... I basically will have tags, let's say. So I find out like where everybody lives, like the city. Mm -hmm. So then when I go to a city, I can look up in my CRM and do like little like mastermind dinners. And I got that from Jason, actually. One thing I always do too, is I connect a lot of people. So like I'll keep some information on people. So I know if they're good to connect with each other. And then major value there. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. And another one of my mentors, his name's Dan Martell. He actually came up with this app called Clarity. And what he does, is, and he's pretty big. Like I think, I'm not sure what he sold it for, but he does like tens of millions of dollars. And he says he will always, no matter what, respond to all of his emails personally. So he like always has that like connection, like that mm-hmm. true essence. It's kind of like Gary Vee too. Like Gary Vee, like although he gets bombarded, so he can't probably respond to everything. He's never like too big to just talk to you like this. Mm. And I think that's a big thing because if you start talking down, it's just not the way. I respond to every single one of mine also. Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty daunting. Mm-hmm. I can't fathom someone who's got hundreds of thousands or potentially millions of people. Yeah, yeah. You know how they oh, do, yeah. How, how Gary they do is, that. Yeah, I'm not sure how he does it. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so your business, you got this super cool business. You're living in Florida, enjoy, yeah, yeah, enjoying, Miami, yeah. enjoying life. What are some of the goals that you have or some of the aspirations, I should say, that you have with your business and just your life in general? Yeah. So with the business, with Authors Unite, like once I held my first book in my hand, it gave me the confidence to just achieve anything in business. So I believe 
if I can help more people get their book out there, it will give them the confidence to like speak on stages or start a business or do what they actually want to do. And I think the reason it gave me that confidence is just because a book is such like a daunting task at first. It is. It like is something that actually to most seems impossible. And most people think they're terrible at writing. And maybe some naturally have a better ability, but like just like anything else, if you journal for an hour every day, you will get better. So it's something with writing. Like I think if you can finish your own book and accomplish that, it gives you the confidence to do anything. So with Authors Unite, my mission is just to help as many people become authors because I think that will have a snowball effect in people doing what they really want to do and not being afraid to do it. So you see yeah. the book as a platform to get involved in other things. That's how you yeah, for other people. And like a platform for just like confidence Yeah. in general. Because for me too, and maybe because I was 21, dropout, I was like, I have no really value that I saw besides maybe like, I've always had just a natural ability to talk to people. But I was like, how does that even monetize? Like what does that, at 21, I was like, what does that even mean? It's just like nothing at that <laughs> point. But then I... Just like it gave me the confidence to just like think about things and be like talk on a stage to people. So yeah, that's what Authors Unite is. And then the business blast and like myself, what like a deep like yearning I guess I have is to just help people align what they love to do with a business. And then obviously you got to make money. So if you can have those things intersect, then I think you'll be in a happy place. What are the biggest challenges that most authors that come to you are dealing with? It depends on the stage. So a lot of them, they don't even know where to start. So we start with like a mind map. Actually, okay, this is how I'll word this. So basically, like the way of being like an artist, I think, at least with books, is it's better to get everything out there and then like sculpt like a, like away. A dump? Like a brain dump? Yeah, yeah brain dump. Yeah, that's actually like what I call it. Yeah. And you get everything out there and then you can like sculpt away and collect together for chapters. And then you don't even organize the chapters. You just like write different like blogs almost and then you organize later and like intro and conclusion are actually the last things you write really? and then the title is that, is that your style or yeah, is that yeah. like this a, is how okay. this is how i ended up doing it because what kept happening is i would try to write the introduction and i kept not being happy with it and then i would like revise it and i never got past the introduction so like you gotta just let it all come out like complete the process don't try to perfect the process mm. because the more you keep completing it by the third, fourth, like, revision, it doesn't become perfect, but, like, it almost gets there. What does it say? Yeah. Perfect is the enemy of good or something? Yeah, or, something or like that. And that's what is better than perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you yeah. learn, and that's why, like I said, the title comes, like, last. And you got to, like, let go because, like, what happens is as you're writing everything, the title kind of comes to you hmm. at the end of it. And most people, like, they're like, I can't figure out the title, can't do the book. <laughs> like they won't even start. So it's that and then marketing. The other half is for the people that do finish their book. Marketing is a whole nother thing. Like most writers, because they're like good at writing or not good at marketing because marketing is more like an out, like extrovert type thing. Yeah. So that's another thing. People come to me like, dude, I wrote this book. I have no sales. Business growth is nothing. Like how do you do it? And then I help them. So, so you're soup to nuts. Putting it yeah. down to paper all the way to getting it out to the eyes that are the eyeballs yeah. that are reading uh -huh. And then building like a business on the back end on of top it as well. So one stop yeah. shop. So people 
that are listening that are interested in writing a book or even just an idea, like even 101, you'll help them and hope that they will For sure. turn this into something more. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So even if they don't even have like an idea, but they like want to do a book, like we can help them from that point. Or if they've had a book out for like years and it's just not performing, then we can do like a relaunch and help them set that up that way. So were you always a writer? Have you been a good writer? No. no. So you didn't even have any. I actually would say, so another thing on that, as I would say, I'm actually like not that good of a writer. Sales copy I practiced for a while because I have like a marketing background in mm-hmm. that. But writing like a book, no. And what I realized too is I had like a very good editor. So something else to think about is like, don't worry if you're not a good writer because it is crazy how much an editor will change your book. Yeah. Like a good one. Like yeah. so, my so, book was flipped upside down. So it's really interesting that you say that the gentleman that we talked about at the, when we ate before, I don't want to say his name because he's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a recognized mm-hmm. figure. So he was telling me that he had written and his book is a bestseller. It sold, I yeah. forgot how many copies, blah, blah, blah. blah. Anyhow, he was telling me that his writing skills are atrocious, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but he found this editor that, and it's one of the better written books that I read. Mm. The way that it's laid out, it's very well done. Like I said, I, it was, I did it in a day. Yeah. And he gave 100% props to the people yeah. behind him. So that's yeah. you know, to I your point. I give my editor, like I had like the value, but my editor put it in a way that it was readable. Mm. Turn it, like, yeah, yeah, without the editor, it would not have been consumable. Turn the coal into a diamond. Yeah, 100%. Wow, cool. Let's talk about the conference, the book that you wrote, your book. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. So basically what it is, is from going to all these events, which I would go to a lot with Jason, because I actually like interned under him for six months after that first event as mm-hmm. well. And kind of like I mentioned before, I realized that a lot of people were not feeling like they got their values worth or their like money's worth from events. And I noticed it was because they were just watching people on stage for content. And like content is abundant. It's all just Google anything you want. You can find it. So I wrote a book, Conference Crushing, that is like what to do before, during, and after event to maximize your ROI. Let's talk about that because I, I've written, uh, I don't know if I've published it or not yet, but I've written actually a series yeah. on just that. I have a yeah. feeling it probably mimics a lot yeah, of yeah. things that you're talking about. So obviously we're not going to go through the whole book because we want yeah. people that are listening to buy the book, <laughs> but let's talk about some of the things that you think are musts the before. I want to talk about the, well, let's pick this yeah. apart because I've got my own take on it too. What would you For say sure. before you're going to, let's say you're going to, let's not say a Tony Robbins cause he's huge, but let's say you're yeah, going yeah. to someone that's a pretty prominent speaker. Definitely. Yeah. What would you do? First thing I would do is I would see like who the speakers are and I would also see and some like conference uh, coordinators would not do this, but it's worth an ask if they would be willing to send you the attendees list. Mm-hmm. Because then you can actually do two things. One, you can like study up on these people. So for the speakers, if you want to like become friends with them, it's good if you know like something about them. So that's one approach. And then also you can set up like after events with, so there is a thousand people going and they do give you the information, which maybe they won't give you the emails because that might be some legalities there or something, but they'll at least give you like the names and you can find them on social networks and just be like, yo, I saw that you're also going to this event. I'm holding a dinner like after the first day and you can kind of have your own conference at the conference. So that's the main thing I would do. And that's what I actually did at a lot of events. And that's how I met like Tim Ferriss at Jason's event is by reaching out to him. But then I also like, I'd read his book, learn more about him. Then I was able to talk to him there as well. So it's like, 
if I didn't know anything about them, I wouldn't have maybe had that confidence to go. I, I, I'm going to say that that to that point is so huge. And in all of the events that I've been to and the ones that I've spoken at, I have only had a couple of experiences where. Well, I did it when I went to, there was a legal conference I went to, and it was a game changer for mm. the people that I met with, because there was, most people are shy, as you know, yeah. or maybe you don't know, 90% of people, oh, 90% of people have a self, they're self-conscious to some degree. Even myself and maybe oh, even okay. you, That's there's fair. some yeah, yeah. level of, and the other 10% are either just the massive extrovert or the narcissist, <laughs> you know, to some degree. <laughs> Everybody is self-conscious in some degree, or maybe they're apprehensive of approaching people. Oh, hey, maybe they're going to think mm. something weird of me, or whatever their their stuff that's in their head. Anyhow, sure. by having some correspondence ahead of time, it makes people feel a lot more comfortable. It gives them an opportunity Definitely. to look you up because a lot of people also aren't good at small talk. Mm. So by having reaching out ahead of time, they get to do a little homework on you too. Mm-hmm. So I've yeah. had some really good experiences from that. And then one of the other things, like I think you said this, but when I've spoken, I've only had it happen twice where people have reached out to me ahead of time to say, Hey, I noticed that you're speaking. I like what you've done. If you have time after the conference, I'd love to just pick your brain. Yeah. And number one, that's smart. Yeah. That's just because now I'm, when I'm looking at the sea of people out there. I'm wondering, Hmm, where's Nish? He's the guy that reached out to me. Like, I'm curious. That's going on also. And it's good because you're reaching out to the person that's the center of influence. It's a really good thing to do. Definitely. And I can tell you as the speaker, it's already a good feeling because even as a speaker, as confident you are in your information, you don't know how that's going to be received. You don't know what day. So at least if you know one or two people that are excited to hear what you have to say. Yeah, it excites you. Yes, exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. So I'm sorry to steal your thunder, but no, I'm, I'm no. glad that you I actually brought didn't, that. I didn't say that, like actually reaching out to the speakers before, but that is actually, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so you do that. That's kind of what's called that phase one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you're before at the conference. Correct. Yeah, or, mm. yeah, before. So now you're at the conference. What are things that you do? Because we all go to conferences. We all have to attend some kind of mm-hmm. social events, social functions. Whether it's for business, for play, you know, you're not escaping people. Yeah, I'd say biggest thing is like forget the content. And this is maybe not fully like you want to like learn and watch the speaker. So I guess that kind of goes. Yeah. But like, so don't forget it. And like, definitely watch the speakers and, and some of them. But I think the main focus, especially if you did that thing prior and you learned about like a lot of the attendees and the speakers, should be like, how are you going to connect with them at the events? And then when you do connect with them, like make sure that you like remember what you spoke about, because then that leads into like the third phase that we'll get into then is how to follow up with them. And there's some cool ways to do that. But that's the biggest thing is during it is just like connecting with as many people as possible. And then, but remembering, because if you like, say you connect with like a hundred people, but you didn't like maybe take any notes. And obviously you don't like take notes in front of the person because that's a little weird, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like, remember, you yeah. know, like maybe cause most of the time you're at a hotel and the conference is like in the same building or the venues nearby. So it's pretty easy. Like if you're there for an hour and you're networking, you realize whole, like I got a ton of stuff in my head, like go back to your room real quick and just remember some key points. That's a good point that most people. So that's really the biggest thing. I think it's just like, I would do 80% networking and 20% content consumption. And if you have to miss a couple talks, I mean, I think that's fine. Yeah, you'll be all right. It'll probably be on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good point. Cool. So you're set, you've prepared, you've met some people, now you're at this event, you've taken your notes, you've done all these 
things that you're going to remember people by, the conversations you talked about, things that are important. Now let's talk about the follow-up because that's where the meat is. So one thing I, I did, uh, and I actually did this at the event on the last day for Mastermind Talks, the Jason's event, is I actually wrote, there was 15 speakers, I wrote them each a handwritten letter of what I learned from their talk. And the way that he actually set this up was all the talks were in one day. And then all the networking really happened like the next day. So mm. in that case, you were able to like kind of watch. And they were always like 15 minutes each talk. So kind of like shorter, I'd say. Because yeah. like a keynote is usually like an hour, I guess. Yeah. But that's what I did. I remembered some key points to all their talks, then wrote them each a handwritten letter. And then on the last day of the event, I gave it to them. And the thing with handwritten you letters... You gave it to who? You gave The what? speaker. Like I oh, found gotcha. them actually. So that's what was cool. The way he set that up is the speakers, because there was also breakout things the second day. Yeah. So the speakers stayed the second day. And it was actually a contest. The Great speaker idea. won uh, 25 grand, the top speaker. But, <laughs> oh, but to find like out who it. won, it had to be the second day. So I believe this was, this may not be exactly sure, how it was, but yeah. either way, how he set it up was that the speakers mingled with the audience for a while. And this was like a hundred person event. So not huge, yeah. huge, but you know, great, just a I really event. like that idea. Yeah. So they has, has he replicated around. that? Yeah. He's done it like three or four times, I believe. I, I love that idea. Yeah. Can you ask him if I can steal that? Yeah, yeah. Dude, right. okay. I'm sure he'd be fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Because most events, what will happen is the speaker, like Gary Vee or something, like he'll usually, because he has to go, but if you can somehow set it up where it's like a value to him or her to stay, then they will inevitably probably mingle with the audience. Everyone, everyone wins. Everyone yeah. wins. But that's what I did. And then I'd say like, if you somehow do get their address, like if you can't give it to them in person, a handwritten letter is just, it makes you stand out. Because, like, how many, like, actual, like, handwritten thank you letters do you really get? And if I know when I get some from, like, clients or, like, I've spoken at some events or something like that, I keep them, like, at my desk. So, it's you remember that person. I have a, so no one can see it here, but if you can see there's a drawer. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have one of those filled with the handwritten yeah. throughout the years of other, from other things. So, yeah, those, totally, those yeah. they're saved. Absolutely. It's huge. And then I guess the scale though, because obviously you want to write like a thousand maybe, I guess mm. you could, but to scale though, just definitely having like a good, as you said, you have a custom CRM, but like a, a good CRM where you have all your notes that you took from the event, put that in and then follow up with the people you event and connect them. Or even if you just find an article, you're like, okay, this guy's a sales professional. This article's on sales really good. There's multiple touch points. I think a lot of people are very transactional and they don't realize that like, it doesn't always have to be like, hey, I know we talked at that event, you were interested in writing a book, here's my services. Like it could be way more natural than that. Like, hey man, it was great chatting with you. Like it's been a week since the event, how are you doing? Yeah. That's like normal. And then like down the line, you're like, oh yeah, dude, I remembered you said about the book, like how's it coming along? And then maybe they'd be like, yeah, I know you're an expert on it. Let's hop on a call. And then they're actually like kind of pitching you to be your client. So I would think long-term yeah. in that way. Why do you think most people don't do that? Because again, I'm yeah. going to go 90%. Don't yeah, do, yeah. don't do that. I, th- or, um, I can't remember if it was Gallup or Harvard or they're a pretty reputable firm or, yeah. or organization did a study that 70% of people don't follow up. I actually think that number is significantly higher. I think and it's then, higher, yeah. And then the percentage of people that do follow up are following up with an ask as opposed to a, a give. give. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Love these to are your crazy. Th- yeah. yeah. So why? I mean, it's definitely extra work, but 
what's funny is it's actually not when you think about it because yes, it's extra work in the short term, meaning like you didn't find out if there a yes or no maybe for your service because you don't ask it till maybe a couple times down. But it's better like, would you rather have a no up front and then not have a relationship or rather have a relationship with a no right now that could turn into a yes or you help that person out like there's sometimes people will come to me and like our service isn't right for them and then I'll just be up front I'll just be like hey this person can help you and that could then trickle way down the line that this person's like oh well I know that I wasn't right for them but I know who is and then they actually refer a client to you because you were honest to them and turned them away so these are all the things where it's just like Doing the right thing is always the right thing. And that's just what I'm kind of boiling it all down to is like some people would still try to sell that person, but that's a quick transaction. And at the end of it, it would not be good because it wasn't a good fit. So I think like following up is more work on the front, but on the back, it expands and the ripple effect just happens. Agreed. hundred percent agreed. Yeah. Apologies for interrupting this conversation, especially if you're really enjoying it. I know that I get frustrated when I'm listening to a good podcast, so I'll make it quick. If you're enjoying our podcast, please support us on patreon.com slash networkwise. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash networkwise. All patrons will receive early access to podcasts and exclusive networking advice. Okay, that was painless. So all you have to do now is help us on Patreon and enjoy the remainder of the show. Who have been some of the best people that you've come across besides like Jason? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I don't yeah. know if there are you know, any even just random people that you've been impressed with, that they've done something that stood out to you. Yeah, well, I mentioned Jason and Dan Martell. I guess one, and you know, I don't know him personally, but like Gary Vee is just somebody who I follow and mm-hmm. like he's, and I know for a lot of entrepreneurs, but like just the way he operates, I believe he really believes in that ripple effect where he's just like, I forget the exact quote, but he's like, the reason I started giving away everything for free is because I realized 99% of people won't do anything with it anyway. So it's just like, just I watch how he does things and he just gives, gives, gives. And like, it's to a point now where like, people are like asking him to like pay him to work with him. Mm -hmm. And again, that's longer term, right? So you got to put in that like 10 years and then that maybe starts happening later. Whereas the other way is more transactional short term. So that's who I've been really impressed with because I've been watching him for years now and I've just seen his brand explode. It has. And he's never, besides like maybe buy my book to like the outer public, he's never really been like asking you for anything. You know? Yeah. So you stay on top of people like him and you're a voracious reader. Oh, yeah. Audio book like crazy. Audio. So you like the audio. You know, do you ever buy a book? I do. So like, if there's an audiobook that like I'm really into and I think like actually sitting down and reading it would really benefit as well, then I'll do that as well. Like Think and Grow Rich, like I have that oh, like man. the black leather. How and many marks are on it? Have oh you written my gosh, it? Yeah. I don't even know. How many times have you read it? <laughs> At least three times. Yeah, that's yeah. a minimum. I've probably read it ten times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, some people that's on their yearly calendar. Like, they read it every year. I feel like it should be something that should be in. That yeah. should be something as you're growing up in school, like in high school, at some point. As your yeah. mind is developing, that needs to be there. That's a whole nother, the school yeah, system. So, yeah, we, yeah, we'll, yeah. yeah, but I just think it should be part of it. It's kind of odd that it isn't. Yeah. What's odd is how many people don't know about Napoleon Hill. 
that's what yeah. I think is a little more odd. Like you, For sure. you, you learn, you read that book that alone can just give you a different perspective on life. Yeah, it really does. I remember like, it was like four hour work week was the first one that really like broke me open to mm -hmm. realizing like, whoa, I can do this on my own. Like I can figure this out. And then like Napoleon Hill's book was not just business, but like very like personal development mm -hmm. as well. So they just broke it up. And what's cool is like kind of once you start dabbling with these books and maybe not everyone, but then I'm just like on a never ending journey to like just learn as much as I can. So I'm like two times audio on audible like all day <laughs> yeah yeah i do it uh, 1.4 yeah, nice. okay. so, yeah two times yeah sometimes i slow it down again it just depends yeah. <laughs> on what it is have you read any of napoleon hill's other stuff like outwitting um, the devil yeah or i was any gonna of say i have i've listened to outwitting the devil i think there's one more but i can't yeah and it. i'm drawing a blank on the name yeah. also but, they're but all outwitting the devil is very good too yeah, that one doesn't how many people are, are familiar with that and it's a really good perspective i've but. only done that one once but i want to listen to it again because isn't it like if i remember this was like this was years ago but i think it's like him in a conversation with, with the, the devil. devil yeah it's pretty sick with the, the devil it's, it's creative and yeah. again at the time that he wrote it i think almost makes it more impressive oh yeah yeah so he wasn't going to be released it was he actually wrote it mm -hmm. and i think the story behind it was his wife released it after he was dead oh wow I, I, I i'm pretty that. sure yeah there's a story behind that i could be you yeah, know yeah, yeah. sorry for anyone if i'm listening if i got that <laughs> wrong it's worth looking up there is a good story okay cool so napoleon hill tim ferris who are yeah. you know and any other books that you've recently read that have really impacted you um, or made like not just you yeah. know not that you just enjoyed but it really made you do something different oh totally okay so the last two this is more on the business end that i've read and then i'll mention a personal development one so the business end i just finished uh, built to sell and automatic customer can't remember the author's name they're not like very famous books so jeff Koff? is that it, it might Oh, that sounds familiar. I'm blanking on the author. Okay, sorry, now. cut you off. Yeah, no, it's fine. But like, it made me think of business completely different. So, built to sell is exactly kind of how it sounds. It's like, how do you build a company so that you can eventually sell it? Which, like, a lot of people and even myself, right? Like, when I started Authors Unite, there was no systems in place. It was like more like consulting. And then it got to a point where I was like, I was personally breaking down because I was doing everything and like I couldn't handle growth, like I had to like turn down people because I like didn't have the systems in place. So built to sell, whether you want to sell or not, it teaches you how to build a business that doesn't need you, which is essentially how you could sell a business. Because if it needs you, you can, it. yeah, exactly. And have like the correct systems. And what was cool, what it kind of taught you is like, it broke down this like media agency that offered everything. And then the guy's like, that's not a sellable business because there's no systems. You guys offer everything. So then they only offered like design work and they built systems, taught their salespeople. And that's the only thing they sold was logo design. And that is scalable and sellable. And the owner doesn't need to be there because it's repeatable. Mm. So it kind of taught me, that's what it taught me. And then automatic customer teaches you how to build a subscription business in any niche. So it just changed my mindset on that about, have you ever heard of design pickle? No, this could be interesting. So it's a newer company. I just read, they do at least a hundred grand a month now and they're pretty new and you pay them 379 bucks a month and you get unlimited designs from their team, like ebook covers, Instagram posts, Facebook posts, anything, any design that you want. It's really cheap. It's really cheap. 
But the thing is, is it does take them some time, but you can put unlimited requests. And then as they get to them, they just keep sending to you if you have revisions. But it's just nice to be able to have like this. It's basically your own design team for 379 bucks. Wow, I paid a lot more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're actually transparent with this. These are from Philippines. They're like yeah. workers. The guys who run it are not, but they like taught them how to do design work. Mm-hmm. And then they just pump out unlimited designs for you. Now that model is subscription based and is scalable. So I started to think about that in like other niches, like with like another guy I saw does like WordPress, like unlimited WordPress, blanking on the word, but like fixes or whatever. So you basically just pay his company like a hundred bucks a month and then you have their team on standby. Anytime you're doing anything with your website, you just ping them and they'll take care of it. Man, I could have used that. I had a company a few years ago and we switched to WordPress, and ever since then, we spent more money fixing all the Word. WordPress yeah. got hacked constantly. Oh, it? it was yeah, a, yeah. a horrible experience with them. So, yeah, all my is, is on ClickFunnels, but do you see like yeah. like the two models, right? So one model would be like you build websites for people, and that's like one-offs. So maybe some months you bring in like 50K, and maybe some months you only get like two clients, and you bring in like 5K. But if you offer a service where it's like, just pay 100 bucks a month, and we'll take care of everything, that is repeatable income, and I think for entrepreneurs, it's hard to get that. that is. So it just inspired me to think about businesses way differently so that you do have a guaranteed monthly income coming So let's go back to your podcast for a second. Yeah. You're interviewing entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. That's what there is. is yeah. there entrepreneurs. Yeah, and, and people that are hustling, working hard. What have been some of the takeaways that you, I mean, it's great. You've talked to 700 people. Yeah. Even if 99% of them are mm-hmm. duds from the 60 people that are winners <laughs> yeah, yeah. you must have some pretty darn good takeaways or things that you've I learned did. anything in particular that stands out two things yeah. yeah one two that just came to mind so one of the questions i ask is like what's your number one piece of business advice and it, so it would go along perfectly with this show and a majority out of those 700 people, a majority for sure have said that like networking and like relationships is the number one thing. So like 95% of small and medium sized businesses get their business from networking. Yeah. Sorry right? to cut you off. Well, but yeah. But isn't it so, referrals, and again, it's yeah. even to like going back up to the follow-up thing that we were talking about before, like you're more likely to buy from a friend. So instead of thinking about like, how do I get this customer? Maybe a better thought is like, how do I build this relationship? And then if they, for me, if they want to write a book, we're already friends. So like, it's not even a sale then. It's just like, Hey dude, like we've been friends for a year. I'm going to write that book. So like, what do we do? (laughs) You know? And that's a way better way to do things. hundred percent. So that's one. And then another question I asked, which is more on like the personal development side is like, what is the key to happiness? And it's very interesting. That's been split. So this is yeah, I'm really curious. curious so you, about. you got me. Yeah. So like half the people say a balance, right? Like a balance between work and life. Is there such a thing? True. So that now the other half, yeah. and there's actually maybe a third outlook. The other half say like balance is bullshit. Mm-hmm. So like there, there is no balance. You just they're both intertwined. You just go all in on both. And then some people say that happiness should actually not be a target. Happiness is more a feeling that happens in some cases. Like an outcome as a a, a byproduct, if you will. Yeah, and and more like what should be an aim is like peace or like fulfillment. So I thought those three 
Alex were very interesting because I think a lot of people focus on like, I want to be happy. And I got probably out of those 700, maybe like 100 people have actually said like happiness is not something you should aim for, but fulfillment is. And then as you're going after the things you want and helping others, you'll have happy times and they're fleeting. And then you'll have sad times. Mm -hmm. Like no matter what, we're going to all have sad times at some point. So to try to be happy all the time is a mistake is what some people yeah, you're say. setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. So I thought those were the two things. It's very interesting. That wasn't like the business question where it was like relationships and majority said it. The happiness question seems to be very divided. Hmm. So I found that pretty interesting. Yeah. And yeah. again, you've got enough data points. Yeah, right. To, that's to, what's cool know, about and, it. And at the rate that you're going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's actually one of the things is not, not only putting them into like books, but then like analyzing that once maybe I'm at like 2000, let's say, and being like out of these 2000 people, like 1800 set, let's just say that networking is the key. I think that's saying something. It's like, okay, yeah, you're right. It's probably the key. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you'll listen, you'll be first. There was a, what was Napoleon Hill's book again? Uh, that we just talked about because outwitting the devil. Or? No, no, the first, the uh, uh, thinking, grow rich. So think you grow rich. Cause that's what tools for Titan is. It's just the newest, yeah, exactly. it's, it's just the next iteration. Yeah, so yeah. you'll probably come up with that third iteration yeah. of between yeah. all the business owners that you're and that, interviewing. That's exactly what he did. Yeah. It's yeah. very cool. That, that's what's going on. So do you have interest in terms terms of your podcast, do you ever interview people that aren't entrepreneurs? Tell me the criteria uh, of your show. Cause I think people that are listening, yeah, yeah. I really, uh, I reached out, wait, I reached out to you, right? Who did yeah, I, yeah. were you referred to me? I can't no, remember. I reach out through LinkedIn, I believe. Yeah. But it, so I can't remember. Someone had referred me to your show. I forgot, okay. I forgot what it was. I, or yeah, maybe yeah. I'd read an article and okay. I loved the format. So this is a long form yeah. podcast. Not as many people listen. Like they say this, the rule of thumb is to keep, is like, I think it's 42 minutes is actually, yeah. like, or 43 minutes is what they say okay. you should, a podcast should be because yeah. you, most people's commute yeah, as a rule of thumb. Say, I've heard the commute. Yeah, thing. because that's the majority of people listen. You're either listening mm-hmm. at the gym or you're listening at the, while commuting. Most Makes people sense. work out roughly 40. So anyway, yeah. so that's the mainstream podcast thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's something called long form. This is more of a long form podcast. I try to make it just 40 minutes, but yeah, we get interesting people yeah. like you on there and <laughs> I don't want to be cut off. And I'm sorry yeah. for those who are listening. If I've lost you at 40 minutes, I hope that you continue to listen or maybe for the, you know, you hit part two in the gym yeah. or, the, or the ride home, <laughs> you know, you, you make it back. But anyway, so those aren't not as many people follow that, but what yeah. you're doing, I love you doing these 10, 15, you know, seven Five to, to 15. 15. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere. And really I, th- short. Yeah. I think that's fantastic because then you can, I mean, man, I banged out, I forgot in one of my workouts. I like think 10, I, yeah, 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 I banged <laughs> out, you know, and some, candidly, some of the people were okay, but it was great yeah. because I could get right through them if they weren't Definitely. fantastic. Yeah. But fine. I did a couple of minutes of my day. Agreed. And, yeah. Yeah. So I would say actually like, as I've grown it, right? Because even though it's almost 700 episodes, like it almost sounds weird to say like five months going and it's already 700 episodes. Mm -hmm. So I'm still, to be honest, like learning about it and how I feel is like, as I'm growing it, I am trying to kind of like tighten up the criteria Mm -hmm. so that there isn't like really any episodes out there that people are like, Oh, that wasn't good. But like so far for me, the criteria is this is we will reach out to people on LinkedIn that have in their job titles that are like speakers, entrepreneurs, authors, coaches, consultants. And that's the reason I chose those types of people is because I do think we are moving towards an economy where like 
people are more working at home and doing their own freelance business on the side, maybe as they're working for somebody else. But their goal overall is to move all the way to this way, I think, for most people. So I think learning from the people that have already gotten there is powerful. So that's really kind of the only criteria, to be honest. And then after that, how I thought of like the short segments is I looked at like a lot of the podcasts. I didn't really see any that were just like five to 10 minutes. And I definitely realized, you know, our attention spans are getting lower and lower with all technology. So I was like, well, I think there's a fit in the market for a podcast that's five to 15 minutes, like no fluff, just straight value. So yeah, and it's been going well, but then there is a fit for like the three hour Tim Ferriss or Joe Rogan, you know, like depends what you like. So will you kind of revisit the 700 pick a few out of there to say, Hey, listen, come, yeah. come back on. That's let's, definitely let's get... the, the plan. Yeah. yeah. As I, cause I learn like about them through the podcast as well. And I'm like, whoa, like yourself, for instance, like networking, like that guy could talk about networking for hours and like really add a lot of value. And then maybe somebody else I interviewed, I'm like, they're just getting started in their business, maybe years down once they have some more experience. Not that they didn't add value because whatever that Ralph Waldo Emerson quote is, I do think you can learn something from anyone. Oh, yeah. So it's not to like discredit, but it's just, it is a business podcast. So I would definitely prefer somebody that has had like success in that aspect to be teaching it. So what I'm getting is as I go through, I'm like, okay, this person was really good at networking. This person's like a finance guru. Like let's have him for two hours, just bang out some like awesome finance content. So yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing soon. Do you get feedback from your followers on your guests? Yeah, actually I have a few. It's really cool to see that start building. So I have a few that follow me on Instagram and they're like avid listeners. Like some people like, because they're so short, they're at a point where they listen to every single one Yeah. as soon as it pops. And I'll get actually messages kind of like you were saying, like this one was awesome. And then like this one was eh, not that good. It's good, <laughs> good to get that feedback. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. good to get the, and I'm open to all of it, but it's just cool to see that start building where as soon as I release, I know that at minimum I'll get a certain amount of like downloads because those are like my listeners and you got to start somewhere. So maybe that's only like 50 plays per episode right now. But it's grown over the five months. At first, it was like three plays. So it's just been fun to see consistency and the number of plays per episode grow Mm. over time. So have you had, like, I've had people that have reached out about the guests to say, oh, you should have asked this question or I wish you did this. So actually, one of the guys, he was actually supposed to be here yesterday coming in from Texas. I had people from like Saudi Arabia, Russia reach out and ask questions. So I'm like, I really need you to come back because we got more. I I don't know if you've had that yet or if not, like what kind of experiences where it's funny. So one that recent just came to mind and you maybe have been because we're near New York right now, but he runs uh, pure green, which is a juice place in New York. There's like seven of them. Yeah. I've been, I was actually just there like maybe two weeks ago. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So his name's Ross Franklin and I had him on the show and not cheap. You know, yeah. not, not, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I actually looked up on the website. Yeah. And it was like a pack of six for like 50 bucks. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Good for him. Good for yeah. Ross. Yeah. yeah. Must be good stuff. Good job, that. Ross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I knew a little about him before I got on, but I didn't know that he had like, apparently one of the people that watch all my shows, like he's reached pretty high success and like done stuff with them. He like actually helped open. And he said this on the show, the first Bulletproof coffee in LA with Dave Asprey. Mm. If you're familiar with Bulletproof. I've 
heard, I'm not heard of it. Yeah. yeah. So Dave Asprey's like leading like kind of like the health and like nootropic and stuff. Yeah. Like yep. Enhancing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your, your Maybe he was on Aubrey Marcus's podcast. Probably. I'm trying to think yeah. Of, probably. Yeah. Definitely. Probably was. But yeah, and that was just the person that hit me up on Instagram. I was like, dude, you had Ross Franklin on. Like he's huge. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I was just like. Yeah, didn't really know. <laughs> like, yeah. That's cool. So, yeah. but yeah, that's starting to happen like more and more as, as I release more and more, and people start to listen to them. Then I'll. Are you changing your? So I've changed. Like I, I like the oh, feedback yeah, yeah. too. Like you for know, sure. Yeah. So the, I don't know. the format. Yeah. So I've actually. Or... Okay, so actually, from episode one, at about like a hundred, I did change the questions. I haven't changed the questions since then, but I have definitely made them more conversational. So like. Maybe from like 100 to like 400, so those 300 episodes were very like, I would actually say a little robotic, which some people like, but it wasn't as enjoyable for me where I would just ask the question, they'd answer, and then i just ask the second one. I would show like no emotion or any sort of like mm-hmm. response. It would just be like bing, bing, bing in like three to five minutes. And then it just started to feel like robotic. I was like, this isn't even mm. fun for me anymore. So now I actually do lengthen them to like 15 to 20 minutes. Sometimes they do end up going shorter, depends on the guests, but I, I've opened that window. So even though it's the same questions, like what's the key to happiness after you answer, I can ask you like why you think that hmm. rather than yeah, yeah. just being like, we only got five minutes. I got to move to the business question now. <laughs> so I have, I've altered it in that way where it's like, I want to dive deeper for myself, and I think it's a value to the audience. So that's been a pretty big difference. Yeah, for whatever it's worth, I enjoyed the quickness sometimes yeah. because, again, from the learn, people listen to podcasts yeah. for a variety of reasons. Sometimes they're following you in general. Sometimes yeah. it's a certain content they want to hear. But like for me, just being able to bump out a bunch of because I know that you're asking similar questions, so I can hear different people's perspectives. Yeah, and, uh, that's you know, good so there's, feedback. Yeah, and so, I've heard both. You yeah, know? some, some people have been like, I love the new format because they're like getting more out of it. But yeah. then other people, like you're saying, like if it is only three to five minutes. It's a very even if even if you didn't love that one, you're like, eh, let's try another one. It's only three minutes, you know. Like, yeah. Well, their takeaway, you know, there's just so much value, and I love that you're just about providing value. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I think that's fantastic. Are you getting out on more shows? Are you looking to get out on more shows so people can kind of expand yeah. your? I think anybody that wants to do a podcast should like. Not only is it, it's actually the funnest part of like my businesses. Like I Agreed. love it. So it's fun, and like it just or organically grows your business and your network, which out of the 700 people, your network's like, and you said like 95%, I think was a small business, yeah. small and medium sized business referrals. Yeah. So just in general, like, and then it provides value to the listeners. Like it is a triple win, probably more wins than that. Like I just don't even know yet. <laughs> like, and yes, it is the reason I'm on this show. Like, I guess you got referred like about the podcast yeah. and then came on. So it's gotten me on other shows it's just been all around great. That's great. Yeah. What, what kinds of questions do you have for me? Anything in particular? I'm sorry. I'm just sitting here peppering you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. with questions. So I'd love to actually, because I know you've had some like really just awesome people on your show. So like, I'd love to ask like, how do you ask like them or how do you get, for instance, like Chris Voss of like never split the difference. Like how did, did you get How did that happen? Yeah. So that book, if anyone hasn't listened, that's hands down the best negotiating book I've ever read. I've listened to, I actually have an audio and I ended up buying the book, which I usually don't do. I'm an yeah. audio guy yeah. also. And I listened to that like probably five or six times. And I reached out I, with him. I just reached out directly okay. and, and it took a little bit of time. 
And I think I even responded like, I'm a horrible negotiator trying to get you on my show. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think he just felt pity, <laughs> to be honest with you, like at that point. Yeah. You know? Authentic, though, yeah. right? Uh, like it was yeah. truthful. Like. Yeah, no, so, you know, that yeah. was that. So, but for the majority of the people, it's just, I just know a lot of people. Yeah. So what's happened is people refer them to me. Mm -hmm. which has been great. And then what I'm sure it's happening now with you is that people are hearing your show. Yeah. So they're reaching out to you. So I'm getting requests almost daily, yeah. sometimes multiple requests. So now it's, to be honest, one of the things that I'm struggling with is the no. I'm mm -hmm. really a bad at no. And yeah. I know that no is a really important thing that you need to have in your repertoire. Yeah, so I'm bad at that too. Yeah, so I don't know the answer to that because I really don't want, you know, I'd like to be able to provide value mm -hmm. as much as possible to as many people as possible. I had Brandon Steiner on my show, he's great. If you don't know Brandon, he owns uh, Steiner Sports. So he's the guy that bought Yankee Stadium. It's a big memorabilia thing. Wow. He, he was awesome. And he had a quote, uh, and I'm sure I'm going to botch it, but uh, do as much as you can for as many people as you can, as often as you can, and expect nothing. Yeah. something like that's the biggest thing to expect nothing in yeah, return. yeah yeah and expect nothing in return and, and yeah. all these great things happen but uh, so i'm trying to accommodate as many people but there's i have a very strict criteria for the show which helps on the nose that's one thing and it's a shame because people do get confrontation like it's amazing yeah. i can show you some emails of people you know <laughs> but yeah i'll remind me we're, we're off I'll, I'll show you or like it's kind of like stalkish but uh <laughs> there's three criteria that yeah i know like and trust you yeah and or admire you or something that you're doing so and or yeah. admire what you're doing so that's yeah. that's criteria number one that's sure. why i reached out to you number two is that you're successful mm. and i define success as living a life by design mm. not by default so yeah, you're yeah. doing what you want you're not just doing some kind of a job like not to taking a job where your goal is to retire to me you're dying that whole time and yeah. then when you're gonna retire what are you gonna do but anyways, that's another one. And then the third criteria is that you can attribute a cornerstone of your success to the relationships and the network that you are a part of. Yeah. So that's the criteria because I want the people that are listening right now to learn what did you do? How did yeah. you do this? How did the relationships that you've built, how did they serve you to be living this awesome life? What have you done for them? Because that's what I'm sure a lot of these things you've done for them. And that's why they're doing for you. And that's really contributed to your success. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's and another question like I had for you that I think kind of piggies back off. It is just like your overall approach to business. So I know it's like obviously like relationships, but I do think it's like interesting, like just different approaches. So even with like network wise, like where like your goals with it and like what are like how you're approaching it. So great question. So network wise essentially is a mission. Yeah. It's a mission. It's the goal is to build a brand. So everybody says you got a network. It's just a cop. You hear it in school, you hear it, but no one tells you how to do it. You don't do it the right way. Everyone thinks like you talked about, you go to a conference, that's networking. That's part of networking, but yeah. it's not just going. What you do there, the value you provide, it's again, it's, it's giving. It's building relationships. And hopefully you don't need anything, but we all need things in life. So if you've helped enough people, you've provided enough value, you have these resources around you. I mean, I can't begin to tell you how many people that I talk to a day where 
they're just resources for me. Like I'm yeah. trying to provide, you know, help them as much, but through the course of contact, I learn our conversation. I've learned so much, you yeah. know? So to answer your question, it's again, it's getting back to a mission. It's getting back to a brand, teaching people. I really want people to have a networking mindset habit. So what does that mean? A networking, yeah. like the networking mindset habit, you don't control the future. You control your habits and your habits control your future. Yeah. Like so that. if you have a networking mindset habit, meaning that your goal, your interaction is to benefit whoever it is that you're having an experience with or a relationship with, guards come down, you're genuinely trying to help people, you're just constantly raising and I always say, or I don't, it's not my saying, but rising tides lift all ships. My success is your success. So as I'm rising, everyone who's with me is coming, you're all coming with me. I just want to benefit, you know, if I just keep benefiting, if I can get more people to try to benefit, there's a butterfly effect. There's more people, you know, and, and then everyone's kind of pulled into your wake of benefiting. So that's the goal. That's Yeah, and I, I think that's a good point there is for some reason, like networking is not really expanded on a lot when like taught, just like relationships are important you should network but like it is like there is an art or and like creating a habit to it so i think that it should be a lot deeper than that the explanation so i think that's important yeah well i'll tell you what's really interesting so i speak at a lot of law firms and sales organizations and it what blows my mind if you want to be a partner in a law firm you're taught law and you're taught really well but really to make it to a certain level to become a partner you need to bring in business and mm. sometimes your track record gets you there, but more often than not, you need to establish the rapport with the clients, getting back to the referrals and things like that. I've talked to so many lawyers, there's never been a single class taught on the relationships and building, and it's, it blows my mind. Same with CPA firms or any type of small business. They're, it's just not out there. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it, no, it's really not, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are people that are like Jason who you're talking about. He's doing things that are involved in networking. It's awesome. He's providing value to people. Not everybody can afford him. So yeah. what I'm trying to do is to try to listen. Let's learn at grassroots. Mm -hmm. You know, learn the basics. Let's learn that now. Understand what you've got to be doing. Definitely, and, yeah. and kind of plant that. Just a great analogy. Bamboo takes, I think it's five or eight years Oh, nothing yeah, happens and then all of a sudden after the five you know within a year or within weeks it, it just shoots, shoots up, up. Yeah. yeah so the relationships too so you're doing that you're planting seeds you're building the relationships and it's there and that's the whole thing of like not expecting anything in mm -hmm. return and again with mine like i know i'm doing like a lot of shows but it's those are all like seeds as well so mm -hmm. like the almost 700 people like who knows like two yeah. years from now they could reach back out to me or even five just be like dude i remember being on your podcast loved it and i now i'm i want to write a book and it's just like things like that that yeah. are just not so transactional but it's just the way the universe just kind of works like it does all come back to you and some of those seeds maybe won't grow but some will mm. so just keep you got to plant them that's great so next time you're in town you should come back yeah i think we'd have a lot of fun i think there'd be more things to talk about in a year from now anything in particular that you would have accomplished definitely so from a business standpoint with authors unite like i want to hit a goal of helping a thousand people become authors not a i don't think that'll happen within a year uh -huh. but by 2022 i'd like to hit that and i think i'm giving myself some room we're over 300 right now so i got so, so like some four, good numbers. four years to hit 700 more how big is your so, team well i have some employees some contractors sure. about like eight people 
Yeah. You're producing a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. This, well, Design Pickle, we use them for some designs sure. and then we use like some people are like niche for book covers. Mm-hmm. So I will actually like use them for that. But for social media posting, that's where we'll use Design Pickle. And then you got editors, uh, assistants. What else? Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's all virtual, yeah. virtual team. My assistant's actually in New York here. Gotcha. So amazing. I'm really glad you made it through the whole show. It tells me that you found it entertaining and enjoyed the content. In the spirit of helping us continue to provide such great content and amazing guests, we appreciate your participation through Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash networkwise. Your support really helps. Also, if you or someone you know is looking for a career change, is building a business, seeking to expand sales, or is just generally interested in improving your overall health and happiness, then head on over to NetworkWise.com. Not only does this platform offer you a plethora of resources, but will walk you through how to expedite the outcomes and the aforementioned goals that you seek. Thanks again for listening. Make it a great day. And remember to always NetworkWise.